What's up, guys? Welcome to the Wedding Pros Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about an awesome topic that I think a lot of people are really interested in, and I hear it all over the internet, which is, does your camera body even matter anymore? I like it. I like the idea. I think it's provocative. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a really provocative we're, topic today, Jay. That's because I want to be a provocateur. Uh, of course. Because anything like that is French and therefore sophisticated. Uh, yeah, and good. One of the things that I try to strive to be in life is sophisticated. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, especially in the wedding film world where, you know, that's probably most important. A lot of sophisticated people. Um, so before we kind of get into this topic of does it even matter what you shoot anymore? And really what we mean by that is like um, I've always kind of said like basically they're all good. All the camera bodies are good. Like it's not like in the when we first started, it was like clearly you're going to shoot on a Canon. That's the only option. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's moved into a place um, where maybe uh, it's worth questioning. Does it matter? And so we're going to be talking about that today. But before we get into it, um, did you see that new uh, Panasonic S1H? Yeah, you know, um, before I did see it come out, uh, I briefly looked it over. 6K capabilities was the big, uh, big topic. Yeah, um, everybody's geeking out over the 6K. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's that that is it's provocative. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so, so if you're not aware of this camera, and um, if you're not aware of really the um, the Panasonic Lumix. Lines. Yep, they're making a lot of really nice cameras, um, GH4s, GH5s, yep. the S1, and then uh, this new S1H. This thing seems like a monster, kind of. It shoots like 6K, 24P, 32 aspect ratio, 5.9, which is weird, 5.9K, but 30F or 30P, 16, 9 aspect ratio. You're talking like um, Isn't it 4K, 60. Did you already say that? I did say that, okay. but it's not 4K, 60. It's not. It's um, uh, how does that tricky mean? advertisement. It, says, it also the world's first full frame digital interchangeable lens system camera to enable 10 bit 60p 4K C 4K 2 3 video recording. So maybe it's 60 and anamorphic. I'm not really sure what that means. If you're smarter than me, I'm sure you know that. Um, it's got like you know great dynamic range because it uses vlog. Yep. Um, it it's kind of comparable to the Vericam, which they make, which is a more much more expensive camera, um, and um, it has unlimited video recording. I don't think it stops. It, it can uh, allegedly stay at an operating temperature, so it doesn't need to to shut down. I mean, it seems like it's something that's going to be an excellent tool for wedding videographers. Um, yeah, it looks awesome. Looks fun. And what's what, what I do think is funny is all these guys, and I brought it up to you, like people are like geeking out about the 6K. And I and maybe I'm wrong about this, but from what I can see, it's 6K 3-2 aspect ratio. So for those that don't know, yeah. it's shooting basically to... a square image. It's designed for anamorphic, which is not an anamorphic crop. If you if you're like, oh, I'm gonna put these black bars on, it's anamorphic. That's mm -hmm. not anamorphic. Um <laughs> but um it's designed for anamorphic and I, and I didn't hear anyone point that out i'm like so you're all gonna switch to anamorphic when you buy this like they're just like yeah 6k it's like the same as mine but 6K. I, I mean it's it's the classic you know 
tagline or, or, or newspaper article that will say something, but it actually doesn't mean the thing that it, it says. It's just, it's clickbaity, you know? Yeah, but, but it made me think because sure. when I was looking at it, I was like, this thing is cool. And I'm like, is it going to actually really be a functional upgrade for most shooters? Um, obviously, depending on what you're on, if you're moving from a crappy camera to this, it's going to be great. But if you're already shooting on yeah. an S1 or a GH5 or Sony A7s or even like a, you know, like what we shoot on a lot of times, the Canon 5D Mark IV, um, is it going to really make a difference to what really matters? And so when it comes to gear, what do you think is like most, what matters about a camera body and maybe what doesn't matter to you? Uh, oh man. Uh, As a business person. I, I think, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of things I think. And you have to think about it through a bunch of different lenses. Ah, I like that a little camera, uh, a camera pun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you got to think about it as a business person. You want to think about it as um, an artist as well. Um, and then another thing that I I think about is, you know, we're using our cameras so much. You know, we're not just shooting fifteen weddings a year that we have to beat the crap out of our cameras throughout the year um, and and years really. Um, and so, so I think that plays a factor in the, the bodies that we've decided on and just overall, all the gear that we buy. Um, so yeah, those are probably, that's three reasons off the top of my head that I can think about why we have gone with the gear we've gone with or someone at home trying to decide, you know, what's kind of right for them. I, I always think it's funny that it, does it always seem like they release all these cameras like at the end of the wedding season every single year? It's Cause they have their, uh, all the, all the shows, but like. If you're because then they want to sell them around Christmas. Yeah, if you're Fuji though, wouldn't you want to sell like or any of these brands? Wouldn't you want to sell like May, April, like early on in the season when everyone would be like obsessed with it and you're the only one releasing? See, I would want to sell it. it. I would want to release it when can't because wedding videographers and photographers think they're rich in September. So, oh yeah, and that's a good point. So that's then a they good just point. are like, oh, I'm rich, I have all this money, and then yeah. they don't realize they're going to spend it all sure. in December. Sure. <laughs> so. We just always kind of make our purchasing decisions in like April, May, right? That's when we. Oh my goodness! So for us, like, when we look at gear, if you don't know about our business, we um, shoot a lot of weddings. We have teams. We have a lot of people that we train. We send all the gear out. We don't. Let, I mean, I don't want to say we don't let people, but everyone needs to shoot on the lenses and the bodies yep. that we have, and everyone goes with our stuff. So when we make decisions, we're buying we 12 camera bodies. Yeah, we have 12 camera bodies. We're not, we're not making decisions about 15 one lenses. camera body. Yep, yep. We're not, and so we make a lot of decisions maybe in a different way than other people do, yep. and we have to look way further ahead. When we're looking at our equipment, we're looking at it as a three-year purchase. Yep. Like I don't care what comes out, unless my business goes away and there's some crazy market shift where I have to adjust. Um, I'm not going to be changing my cameras out until they're dead. Pretty much. Yeah, like that's just what it is. That's how we decide. But that isn't how everyone decides. So the overall question again is: Does it even matter what you shoot on anymore? Um, and really, what do I mean by that? Like to me, they're all good. Mm -hmm. like you know and a lot of people so i remember i was in a facebook group the other day and 
you know, God bless this person. But <laughs> you love those Facebook groups. I do. Right? I love them. Because I love them too. They're I think reveal, that... They reveal like what people think. And what it's normal, a litmus test. Yeah, what people are like, you know, and yeah. they help understand like what are people going through. Yes. How do people think? And are we all contributing to how people think? Because when we're obsessing on this, and because we're gearheads, I mean, we all we're actually obsessed with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this guy goes, "What is best camera?" Period. What is best camera? Yeah. You know, and it's like, clearly it's kind of funny the way he worded it, but I do think it's like, yeah, that's pretty much to the point. That is actually how people think. Mm-hmm. What yep. is the best camera? Yep. And, and like, it's really a crappy question and a bad way to start out because if I told you like, like I always make a joke answer like Red or Ari, like those are the best cameras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean is, what is the best camera for me? Mm-hmm. to shoot weddings with that I can afford on my budget that shoots the product that I want to shoot that I can also work with the post-production workflow. Yeah. And you, and you can't just, you can't just, you know, there's no way, there's no right answer to that because, you know, without knowing specifically about the person's business, the per, what the person's trying to achieve as far as style goes. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's an impossible question. Um, so I, I well, think. And, and even if you know all that, there's never a right answer, in my opinion. Like no, and it's, it's like, evolving. I mean, look at how many people just who are great. You know, look at like you know Brothers Martins, like what what they're you know trying to do, and so, they change out their gear all the time. And this, uh, we have White and Reverie. Yep, they're shooting Panasonic. Yep, um, Brothers Martin, I think, is shooting Fuji and Black Magic Black right Magic, now. Yep, but yep. Matt Johnson's on Sony, so all like the personalities that you see. You know, everyone's on something different and on something that works it, for them. Well, not know? only that, it doesn't look the same. No. It, it's like there are some things. Like I can tell a lot of Panasonic footage and I can tell Sony footage because yep. I know what it looks like. And, and Jared knows every time I see certain camera footage, I'm like, I don't like how that looks. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's my it's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Other people love how it looks. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's like one of those things that's like, it it matters, yep. but does it really matter in the same way that it used to? So that's really the question. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's it's an interesting topic. I, I think um, we are obsessed with with camera gear. I think it's an easy thing to talk about in in forums, and just if you know other videographers, it's just an easy thing to talk about. Talking about business and and approach, and you know, those are a little bit more nuanced. And well, a and they're harder. intimidating because if you. Yeah. Anybody can buy a camera and then walk in front of a room of people and say, look how big I am. I got this camera. Yeah. Not anyone can go and say, look at this thing I built. Look how sustainable it is. Yeah, look, yeah, like, yeah, it's exactly. way harder to build yep. a business than to buy a camera. Yep. And I, I kind of look at, um, I don't know, buying a camera is a lot like buying a car, right? It's yep. like, are you going to lease? How long do you want to have this car? When I bought my last car, I'm like, dude, I'm going to buy this car, pay it off, and then I'm going to have no car payment for five, six years. Yep. And now I'm driving a beater. I love my car. I beat the crap out of it. But you know what? It saves me a ton of money. And it gets Same, the job done. And it gets the job done. And and you know, it's 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 great. Eventually I'll get a I'll be able to afford a expensive, nice car in, you know, maybe a year or so. But it's because I was able to beat up the current car that I have and and kind of wait it out. So that's my so approach. So there's a Ten Commandment, and it says thou shalt not covet. Right. Yeah. And I think <laughs> 
I think there's a little bit of a... Going Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. There's that FOMO thing, right, that yeah. happens in an industry like this where I heard a person, very reputable person, yep. person I respect a lot, actually, and I, and I heard it from a few people, not just one person, basically say this Panasonic S1H is amazing, and if Sony doesn't upgrade their A7 to match these specs, I'm going to switch. Yes. And I'm like, why is that the reason you're going to switch? Like, you weren't going to switch before, but now because this other camp, and it's like... Just because they're worried that everyone else is going to pick it up and they're going to fall behind? I don't know. Or maybe they've just been wanting to buy $20,000 anamorphic lenses and really make that their workflow. Sure. And they're rich and they can afford endless cards. And they've they, the fact that the people haven't released any of the battery specs doesn't worry them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you you don't have enough information to even have that opinion yet. Mm-hmm. Panasonic has even released, but it's this this idea. Like it's the it's it's the thing that happens with gear in our industry where people think that it's the gear that makes the art and not the yeah. artist. Yeah. And I think it comes down to like there's a lot of like that FOMO, like mm-hmm. I don't want to be the one who's left out. Well, and and it's a, um, what's your mindset when you're when you're shooting weddings? So I I just saw on one of these Facebook groups the other day, um, someone was saying, you know, I want to make a lot of wedding films nowadays are are very similar. Everyone's doing the same exact thing. I want to make one that's different, and it's not about the money. It's about the art, and um, I don't know. Like I think. Um, if you're thinking of that way, I can you understand. Better have another job. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I, I understand the fact that you might want the newest piece of gear so you can make new art. The problem is, is that most of us are are really we're trying to run a business, but the art always kind of I don't want to say it, it gets in the way because the art is important, um, but the art um, at the end of the day is going to um, prohibit you from actually creating a business if you're always buying the newest best so gear out there. We we always talk about being client focused. Yes. And really really allowing clients to determine the gear that we need, but also the product that we want to make and yeah. also the sustainability of the gear and there, there's a lot of factors. So does a camera matter? A, yes, it does matter. Yes. You know, when we first started Talk a little bit about our journey with equipment because we've been around for about 10 years shooting weddings yeah. and we got in kind of early. Yeah. For those that remember Still Motion, yeah, yeah. they kind of inspired us with the whole Canon. So well, that's the reason thing. why we, we did get into the wedding world is because of gear. Uh, you know, we, we did watch some Still Motion videos. Like I was in Texas, you were in Massachusetts, and I came back and I was like, yeah, I'm going to move back here. I'm going to finish up college you were like have you seen what these people are doing with DSLRs? yeah yeah and we would always talk about gear um when when i would be back in the area and you were just like we should buy those and i was like i i can't buy those <laughs> i can't afford them i can't buy cameras and just like have this you know four thousand dollar camera like what what that would be crazy and you're like I'm going to do it. I'm just going to put it on a credit card and, and you know, you're going to buy a camera this summer and anyways, cause you're doing photography in North Carolina, just, you know, you buy what you can, I'll buy what I can. And, and, and then we have a business and then we have a, and then we'll find some people that, I don't know, we'll just shoot weddings. We can do what they're doing. And it's like, okay. And then like a month later you called me and you, you were like, okay, so I bought all the stuff. I was like, you did. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, cool. Like just kind of thinking, oh yeah, you know, 
this thing we're gonna just do for fun and maybe buy some cool so we were, gear along the way. At that point, by the way, it was five D Mark Twos. Five D yeah. Mark Twos were like the camera that had video capabilities, yeah. no autofocus. They only recorded for I think twelve minutes. Yep. For, um, forget four K capabilities. Like everyone's like, oh, we're in the golden age of, you know. DSLR shooting right now or, or, or just mirrorless shooting. Like mirrorless was like the big movement. At the time when we got into it, the idea of a DSLR and having a detachable lens that could shoot at 1.2 uh, as, as an f-stop was like unheard of. Oh, like, yeah. You were shooting, shooting on all... Would, we thought we were making literally real movies. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so someday... I, I've, I've I've been a little like I went back and watched the first wedding film we ever made, so in terms of like actually there's some things that impressed me. I was like, oh wow, we we did a good job storytelling. Like we were really thoughtful with this. Yes. The last shot we got was awesome. Yeah. That's a great was shot. It? it was like them pulling out in the car and we set the car up and shined it in the back of their window so we can get that flare. Oh uh, yeah, okay. And it was yeah, like yeah, silhouetted. Yeah. It looked yeah. dope. Yeah. It was cool. But then there's like. Every 25 different white balances. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weird we're, we're audio shooting thing. Like, we're shooting like dolls on the on the <laughs> shelf. <and> it was like... <laughs> Why? Because there's no stabilizers. Yeah. Like all we had was like... I don't even know if we had a monopod. I think we were literally shooting on tripods that we were holding yeah. like monopods. Yeah. We had I no slider. At this point. We had no slider. And it was just like... We had no idea what we were doing. But the gear enabled us to make a product and to open up our creativity. Yep. Right? And so it matters. And so we, we had these 5D Mark IIs for many years. I think we just kept buying a few of the bodies. We eventually had like four of them. Yep. And, you know, we were like, we're big time. We're a big deal now. You know, we have. <laughs> and, and then eventually like the Mark III came out. And, and, Can and we like, talk about the uh, Kessler crane, the Hercules crane that we got for weddings so uh, we bought all kinds of stupid <laughs> stuff can't we're not talking about all the gear but like yeah probably for another podcast we'll go through all the stupid things we bought but oh like man kessler it, cranes it, it, and, it, and the crane it's not the giant crane like the no the it's gimbal a literally out, like a jib yeah it, a jib <laughs> that we were planning on using at weddings <laughs> we tried to use it like it was like a giant one of those for those that are familiar with how jib a lot of them are on ball heads and stuff yeah and and like it was like like <laughs> And like yeah. fall. <laughs> and we wanted to set it up in like the balcony and be like, then we'll get this move with the bride walking down the aisle. The crane, and like we're gonna the, be all the sweep. <laughs> yeah, and we learned the hard way early on with gear. You don't always have time to do all the things that mm -hmm. are in your imagination and stop thinking that way. And that's just what's happened to us. Yeah. But we yeah. we built all this gear up and as we were developing and growing, we quickly realized like as we scale, we just we're in a system now. Mm -hmm. We're going to be committed to this. We started with Canon. Everyone else was when we tried to integrate Sony Ace Sevens into our workflow, and we just couldn't. Yeah, we didn't like how it just screwed up our post production, and the color was hard to match. Didn't match with the Canons that we were using, and and we would either have to go all in and get rid of all of our Canons. And this stuff was back and, when we yeah. were moving, migrating from. Mark twos to Mark threes, yep. and the Mark twos have terrible low light performance. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we can save some money and go with Sony. Yep. And so, like, just so you understand, we're not just saying just get a cheap camera and it's all fine. We tried to get that Sony to save money, and we weren't happy with the post production workflow. 
and what it put out, not because it was bad, but because we couldn't switch every camera to Sony because we had too much investment in Canon. Yep. And so like we eventually just were like, we're just going to keep on this and who knows, maybe we'll change eventually, but we, we're not buying cheap stuff. We have like, and this isn't a brag, but I, just so you know, we're not just hypocrites giving you this terrible advice and talking because we're about to start dismissing all this crap and really saying like, you know, it doesn't matter what you use. Like, that's kind of what I believe. But we we shoot Canon 5D Mark IVs. They're expensive. We shoot all L lenses. They're expensive. Um, we shoot, I mean, you can see right in front of you. We have a whole set of Canon Cine lenses. We got an Ursa Mini G2. Like, we don't skimp on gear. We have seven gimbals. We're not telling you that gear doesn't matter. And If you want to buy a couple, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we're selling some gimbals. <laughs> but, like, we, we spend money on gear, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, gear is important to us. Um, it, it's just a matter of finding the right gear that works for us and, and not leaping at every opportunity to buy the newest. No. Gear. I mean, you're not going to be successful if you're always looking at the newest, greatest thing. Like we knew a photographer who would buy a new, he, he would move from Canon to Nikon to Canon to Sony to Fuji to Canon. And and at the They're end of every season, gear sometimes twice a season, you lose so much money on it. And, and, and he honestly, it, his work looks the same through, through and through. And maybe that's like the crux of the conversation. It, yes. In a nutshell is, you know, at the end of the day, he is the artist and he's creating art that um, he feels like, you know, is his, um, is his, you know, vision for the day. And it looked the same. I think yeah, feel. Yeah, I honestly can't remember a difference in his work. No, I, I don't think so either. I if, think. If you went back and looked at all his work, I don't think you would be able to tell when he switched. And another thing that, you know. Edits it the same. In choosing the gear that's right for you, I think another thing that, that I didn't mention was. The way it feels, the way you feel. Are to you, me, do you feel fast with it? Do you feel confident with it? As much as I kind of poo-poo like art, I don't poo-poo um, your relationship with your tool. I'm a guitar yeah. player, right? And right. I pick a guitar based on, I can go, this is the best guitar. Mm -hmm. But I think we deal with it much more acutely in music than with cameras. Because like cameras, you go like, this has most, most K's equals best cam. Mm-hmm. It says most K's equal good, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, um, you can't really do that with an instrument, an instrument. Everything is every single element of it is pure preference. Mm -hmm. And so I think you get into tears, you know, is it hand built, you know, is it durable? Did it take longer to make? Right. And I think with cameras, we're dealing with tears. You know, we can talk a little bit. Here's what I will say about cameras. This is our opinion. I doesn't matter what camera body you use anymore or are they all the same and you can just get a good product. I think it doesn't matter in the way that you need a certain camera to sh when we first started, the only camera that could do what we wanted was a Canon 5D. Yeah, it was an easy, easy choice. Yep, so it did matter. Yep. Nikon was doing video DSLR but it was nothing compared to what Canon yeah. was doing. Now you can slice it a bunch of different ways. I can tell you if I give my camera to a Panasonic shooter who's really good, they'll be good, mm -hmm. right? So I think the question is tiers of equipment, okay. right? I think it really comes down to like there's probably a level you need to try to get to 
If you're starting out and you're like, ah, oh, I need to get new cameras, maybe you do. You might. Like, there are some times where I see someone shooting on equipment and I'm like, I really think you should upgrade to like, I think there's like the Panasonic GH5, GH4-ish, you know, what Fuji X-T3, mm-hmm. uh, Sony A7, uh, Canon 5D, and, you know, whatever, if I missed one. Black, even the Blackmagic uh, um, Pocket 4K. Yeah. Right? They're, they're different price points, by the way. You're talking like a $1,000 range from maybe even 2000 mm-hmm. from some of those cameras. But I think you're dealing with a similar capability of quality. Mm-hmm. When you get into, the, uh, let's just say, real cameras, even though I think you can learn on other things. And like we'd be like, oh, I'm shooting on a, oh, I'm new. I'm shooting on this Rebel. Yeah. I'm sure you shoot some good stuff on it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend building your business on a Rebel. Well, I I was going to say, you know, there might be a case, you know, we talk about it all the time, like the people that are charging $1,000 or $1,500 for what they're doing, maybe maybe a Rebel works really well. Maybe it's within their price point. You have a $700 DSLR. It's not mirrorless, but you can get the job done and the people that are hiring you are happy. You know, that it, it could work, you know. Yep. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't mean you can't make good films, but mm-hmm. it does matter. Yep. You need to get into that next tier of equipment mm-hmm. to make the next tier of money. Yeah. And also product. Product, yeah. Like your product is not going to yeah. be as good. So I would just say, what, what are your goals? You know, are you looking to shoot 100 weddings at, you know, $1,500? You know, that then you're probably investing in a couple Rebels and... Not having L series glass, it probably works, you know. But if you are that person that's looking to go from two thousand dollars to, you know, four five k, you know, you're probably going to have to upgrade what's right for you, you know. I would encourage if I was like giving just business advice out. I don't think it hurts anyone to try to get into that. And it's not that expensive. Like eighteen hundred dollars will do you. Mm-hmm. And if you can't invest eighteen hundred dollars in your business, and you're not like you're just not serious, mm-hmm. so. I think it does matter if that you get into that tier. But at that point, it's preference and mm-hmm. it's what you're trying to make. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we why do you think somebody would maybe choose a Canon or a Panasonic? Like, do you have any weigh in on why they would pick you one? You want to dive the other? into like specific brands kind of maybe, thing? Maybe. Maybe I mean, I mean, well, it could be interesting to people. Well, maybe we start with what we use because yeah, uh, and why we use it. And why we use we it. We should talk through our logic. Sure. Because sure. Because we have a logic. Yeah. I mean, we did start with Canon. So it, it's kind of one of those things where we were almost raised on. Yeah. We, we invested in it early. You know, we have a ton of glass. And you know, maybe if we were to start now. Oh, we'd we probably talk about make, this all the time. We would pr- maybe make biz- different business decisions. But, you know, we're, we're heavily invested. So I'll just say the things that I like about Canon um, is its uh, durability. Um, we've broken how many bodies have we just bashed into bits like absolutely (laughs) exploded two to three maybe two or three but like they were dramatic yes situations yeah one they don't just like you get destroyed by leaving them inside the case yeah i I find that um something that happened when we had the sony's is the uh screens on the back got scratched almost immediately because we didn't put and they're like so small in the bed like just so you guys understand with batteries, the smaller your battery is, 
the less it will last. Mm-hmm. So the smaller, smaller your camera is and the smaller the battery that yeah. can fit in it, the less battery life. Yeah. It it's seems pretty like they're getting sense. better, but it's still, if it's you buy a bigger battery, it's going to last Bigger battery. Longer, and so that's why everybody who's shooting on, like, for instance, a lot, not everyone, but oftentimes people are dealing with external batteries mm-hmm. on these cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If no you buy issue an Anton with that, Bauer, that's, you know. No issue with that. Go for six it. Six by if four. You, it's it's going to last you a lot longer. Yep. Um, but, but anyway, durability. Um, that, Canon. That's that's uh, Canon is is definitely a plus. I like it better than you know even the Panasonics. The Panasonics, the I think, are a little I bit heavier. A little better. Yep, yep, yep. And and you know we haven't. I haven't used some of the newer Sony, so I can't tell you. I think that those are upgrades that they've made. And then there's just like, basic just durability. That feel like we're video. We're video shooters, right? Mm-hmm. We came out of video, like old school stuff. Yep. For me. I want a chunkier body. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want that little, like, I remember being like, does it even have a grip on the Sony a7? Yeah. Like, and it's like, maybe for you, if you just started on that camera, you don't know the difference and you don't care. And that's just me being an old man. Yep. Cool. You're an but, old man. Yeah. But I, but I want a grip. I want a heavier camera. Yep. I would have this be twice as heavy if, if in my preference. Yep. yep. Right. That's me. Yep. Um, like, we're totally talking about our per- just like when I talked about a guitar, like yep. what do I like? How do I want it to feel? Mm-hmm. We're talking very much how we like it to feel um, and what makes me comfortable to not have to think about my camera. Yeah. That's one of the other ways we've made the decision is like we're used to a bigger body. I'm not attracted when somebody goes, look, I made like if somebody made a camera that was like just like this big, some of us would be like, oh, that's awesome. Look how small yeah. it is. And I would be like, oh, horrible. Yeah. Um, I do like its menu a lot more than the other ones. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm used to it, so yep. it, it's it's gonna come naturally to me. But when it when it when it came to the Sony and and even the Panasonic, it was like, oh, these are a little bit more complicated or confusing. Well, you know what I like too but, about the Canons? I like the button configuration. Yes, me too. it's much more designed because it's bigger. Yeah, they don't hide anything in the menu. Yep, yep. Like, and I know you can hot swap stuff and all this crap on the Sonys. Yep, and I'm sure it's. Some people will tell me I'm totally wrong and I just didn't know how to use the Sony. But like it's much more tactile, yep. the Canon. And that yep. matters to me. It might not matter to you, but it matters to me. Yep. Um, with the Canon too, uh, when it comes to the actual footage, what's actually coming out of the camera, um, I, I do like it's just out of camera color, I think is the best out of all of them. Um, you know, we've used, I would say, we shoot the main fu- three and then Fuji. Well, we've even done Fuji. Fuji. We've done Panasonic. Yep. We've done, and we, we've owned and rented all these cameras. Yep. I, I think the camera profiles shoots. that they have, if you're just looking to flip something around day of, Canon is going to give you the best color, you know, right out the of camera. The least amount of work. The least amount of work. Um, and, and you can just get it out there quickly. Now, probably some of the, the downsides is, you know, if you're going to do a lot of color correcting, I would not recommend going with Canon. Nope. Um, I think it's C log is fine. Has it's weird fine. quirks. It's it's weird quirky. Issues. You know, it can the four K codec is also um, not very sophisticated. On yeah, the crop sucks. Like, <laughs> well, not only that, it, like it is a like a space hog on that. Like it'll mm-hmm. just it is like I think I heard it's like four times less efficient than a Sony four K codec. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you don't have one hundred twenty frames a second on the Canon. Um, even at 1080, um, which I think pretty much everyone else is is been there for a long time. So um, Canon's behind on those kind of things. I think it's just because they've really committed to that full frame sensor. You know, the 5D 
is meant for photographers. The 5D line is meant for photographers and we're just kind of hacking it still. You know, whereas Sony, I think, has been like, okay, this is our photographer camera. This is our videographer. Oh, sorry, cinematographer camera. I, I like to more say wedding filmographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the newest, yeah, trend uh, title that's coming along. Um, so, so I think Sony is really committed towards very, very niche markets. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe moving into Sony. I think from what I've seen, I, I, I think Sony is a good camera to use for both photo and video, um, like Canon. Well, and the GH5, people love that for photo. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, yeah. I've, yeah heard, I've heard some people who like yeah. it a lot. Um, I would say, I would see, I would say out of all of them, the, the GH5 is the least likely that I've, I've seen people use for photo. I don't think I've, I've heard about it. A lot of people like it. Yeah. Uh, actually, what they really like is the S1. Okay. For photography. Yeah, yeah. Like, but regardless, yep. they're, once you're into this world, so we, we talked about our ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. It matters to us that we picked what we picked because of the reasons that we expressed, which are we have a lot of glass, we're used to it, we're fast with it, we like how it feels. There are a lot. Of, none of those have anything to do with the client. Yep. And I think at the end of the day, like if you were starting from scratch, we would encourage you to make a business decision and a personal decision, but don't think it matters to the client what you shoot on. Unless you can't deliver the product that you want to make with mm -hmm. a certain camera. So, for instance, if you're really like, I need to shoot, you know, 120 FPS, that's my look, that's what I'm going to sell, yep. that's what people are buying. You can't buy a Canon. Yep. Yep. You know? Now, we can debate whether or not clients actually care about that or not. I don't know. But if you think they do and you have a business selling that, great, go for it. You're, this is not the camera for you. Mm -hmm. You know? And, you know, and and also, this is this is I think important to realize. And if you're just getting in the industry, maybe you don't realize this, but trends come and go. Like, oh yeah, 120 frames a second is super popular right now. You know, it will be. I'm already out. seeing the backlash. Well, you you see some people who all they do is slow motion the entire wedding film, so they can shoot less. So they're just putting everything in slow motion. I literally um, heard a guy say that the other day. By the way, what? Exactly what you said. Oh yeah, I want to do this so I can do less shooting. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what? Yeah, yeah. But, that's but, like a, that's the thing you say behind closed doors. You don't publicly <laughs> <laughs> tell the world that you're yeah, planning I mean, on doing less work. I mean, yeah. To, I mean, to each own, I guess. But I, 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 um, I think that eventually everyone who shoots in only slow motion, it's just a played out style. Like slow motion is important. It will always be around. It's been around for fifty years, but. Um, the ability to do point, it, by the way, matters. Not if if, if you're, you're doing commercial work. By the way, a lot of this stuff changes. Yeah. By the way, we're talking about wedding films, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, but it, it's it's um you know don't buy your gear based on the latest trend. I would say yeah, and don't buy it based on the fact that they just released a new one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like you know what that's called? We'll just buy things. Um. It's called yeah. It's called gas. You have gas. Oh yeah. Okay. Gear acquisition syndrome. Oh yeah. Okay. It's like when any, it's like I got a serious case of gas. I thought you were gonna say divorced. No, no. <laughs> I have gas. Oh, I have gas. Oh, what happened? Oh, I just saw this Panasonic release. I yeah. Mean, I need it. Yeah. Like. Oh, uh, it's a real thing. I mean, I, I think most people out there have it. <laughs> you know, it's just who can fight it off the best. 
Is, yeah, is the yeah. Well, I mean, you, the Mac Pro release came mm-hmm. out yesterday. Yeah, I think it's. I saw that the top specs on that, by the way, are it's a thirty-five k. Thirty-five k for the spec'd out Mac Pro in money. Money, 35K. real money. <laughs> Real money is $35,000. I thought you were going to be like, oh, yeah, 35K, like, no, pixels. No, 35K no. dollars. Okay, okay. And, that's and not, it's like. That's not 3,500. That's no, 35,000. 35, no, no, no. U.S. But, I, but I already saw people like, I need to buy this before yeah. they release the prices. Yeah. Well, everyone wants it until of they see the price. Of course you want yeah. it. But it's like you don't want it because you need it. You want it because of what it says about you. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. we have to deal with that. We're human beings. And we buy things because of status. Mm-hmm. That yep. is not what business people do, but it's what humans do. And Again, the car analogy. Yeah. Yes. I will do it. We will all do it. And yep. so knowing that you're will able to become that type of person, mm-hmm. that you can be influenced. 6K, 6K, uh, anamorphic. 6K, though. You yeah. shoot anamorphic? No. Do you know what anamorphic is? No. Do you know how much expensive the lenses are? No. Are you going to buy adapters? No. You don't need 6K. Yeah. This is the other part of the conversation, too, is... Or you might need 6K, but not on that camera. A lot of people want to buy new gear, and then they think that buying the new gear will make them a better filmmaker, a better photographer, whatever. Get them more clients. Um, when really, it's it's you pushing yourselves in other ways besides... 120 frames a second. I honestly think... If you become a good filmmaker or a good photographer and learn to use the gear that you already have, that is 10 times more important than buying a new camera. You know, we want it to be easy. Everyone wants it to be easy. You you want to become better without actually having to um, pay the cost of working and working hard (laughs) and working long nights and, you know, pushing yourself as an artist. Actually being honest. Yep. You know, what's funny is when I see people who go like, Hey, everybody in this uh, message board or Facebook group or other cinematographers, mm-hmm. can you guys give me CC, constructive criticism, on this? And then people give them criticism and then they argue with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see that a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's, they don't really want to get better. That yes. What they're really saying is, hey, everybody, I did this great thing. Don't you agree? It's great. Praise me. Praise me. Praise yeah. me. And, and like... And they're like, if I get new gear, it's even going to be even greater because I'm a great filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wedding filmmakers, we're not making films. Mm-hmm. Let's be I, realistic. How dare we're, you? Yeah. Well, we're not shooting. Like, how dare you? We're not dealing with the same problems filmmakers do. Is Do you have an AC? Are they pulling focus for you? Do you even know what anamorphic yeah. is? It's, it's definitely, it's a hybrid thing. If I talk to you and go like, are you shooting 12-bit? Raw, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Does your do you have to debare your footage? No. Mm-hmm. Do you even know what that means? Mm-hmm. You're not like we're not making Hollywood films. We're making small products for people, personal films for people's homes. Yeah, very valuable, and you can actually practice cinematography in the middle of it. And so cinematography mm-hmm. is all about composition, mm-hmm. and like that I- right there, push that to the limit before you start obsessing on your gear. I, I just think, I mean, and this this kind of goes away from gear and more into philosophy, but like if you're shooting weddings for the creative aspect of it and and not for, you know, making your clients happy and, and it's it's more about you, you know, why why are we choosing weddings as the the means to 
be or creative. why is that the only way you can be creative? Yeah, because well, weddings are the most, you know, you can't predict what's going to happen. They're the most unpredictable thing that you can possibly, you know, throw yourself into. Like, well, it's a constantly moving. Hard. If you really want to be creative, you really have to be in almost complete control, right? You want to totally. have environment. So that's where you get into commercial work. That's where you get into. We talk know, about White and Reverie a lot because what they're doing in the industry is. It's just different. They have a unique voice, mm-hmm. right? And, but I remember watching a elopement that they did, and it, I was like, "There was behind the scenes," and I'm like, "This is not how 98 percent of people are going to shoot." Mm-hmm. But everyone wants to imitate that. Yeah, and it's like they literally were. How so? Well, so your normal wedding, mm-hmm. you get the schedule, you show up, you pretty much get on the train and roll it, ride it to the end of the stop, and then get off. Yep. These people, they're like. I'm going to find a good location. We're going to take you out there. Apparently, they're just sitting around for a couple hours waiting to do this other thing when the light was right, and they're going to take them out. And it was an elopement or something. And they're in total control. Yeah. Like the photographer, they didn't have anyone else there. They're yeah. basically making like a commercial. Yeah. Well, with this an elopement. An elopement, you have probably a little bit more say, but, you know, on a normal, under normal you know, normal situation. Even the elopements. Sometimes we shoot elopements, and they're like, "I'm going to go to this one hall, and I'm going to do this thing." Yep. They're not like wanting you to make a film. Yeah. Like they want you to record their elopement. Yep. They're not making a film. What these guys are doing, white and reverie. I'm sure they're also doing very traditional weddings too. But in this, the things that they're we're aspiring to imitate. I'm like, you don't have total control. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, they had total control, so they can like, they're you know, they're shooting anamorphic lenses that are everything's manual and they're they're making a different product mm-hmm. they know exactly what they're doing they're very intentional mad respect that is not what you're doing yeah probably and you need to be realistic about what you're making and what gear requirements there are to make what it is that you a can make what are B, you actually skilled at yep yeah what is your what do you need to make to make a living mm-hmm. And I think a greater question is, what can I generate a market for? Mm-hmm. You know, if you think, if I commit to this path and I'm going to shoot high ends, I'm going to shoot red. I'm going to shoot weddings on red, and it's going to be amazing, and I'm going to be able to sell $25,000 wedding films. And you can sell that product and create that product, more power to you. Mm-hmm. Right. But most of us aren't there. And so I think when it comes to what does your camera body even matter anymore, I think it does matter a lot as long as you're shooting on something that's high end and in one of the, in that tier. And I think um, if it could do what you need to do to make what you need to make, mm-hmm. right? But I think, I think the switching, the gas, the gear acquisition syndrome, the FOMO, the fear of missing out, that can't drive your decisions. Mm-hmm. So... We kind of talked about it, but let's summarize it. Sure. What do you think should drive people's camera body purchasing decisions? Like, when is it right for you to upgrade, change, you know, and when is it like maybe not a good time? Yeah. So uh, my my stepdad used to always say, you know, you can't buy that thing unless it's going to make you money, right? So kind of I have probably have a very similar opinion now back then i was like that's old people talk but if you buy a new piece of gear is it going to make you more money 
do you need it? Is your current piece of gear falling apart? Like you, cost of you know running a business. Um, so there's some of that too. We like we had mentioned, we probably buy a camera when we really have to, not based on what just came out. Um, but yeah, I think the main things are are you know. Well, and I think there's one more one. Does it solve a problem? Sure. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I and we're not talking. This isn't camera bodies, but. I kind of threw out there, we have seven gimbals. Mm-hmm. Why the heck do we have seven gimbals? We don't need seven gimbals, by the way. What we're trying to figure out is how can we best, what is the right product that will produce, we have a problem, right? We send out a Ronin M, either it's a little too big, too bulky, too hard for an assistant to balance. We don't get a reliable product out of it. It's a little bigger. It makes us a little nervous at weddings. We don't want to clip somebody's head. Is the Ronin M a good gimbal? Yes. Are we going to keep it for using with our Ursa? Yes. There's a time and a place for the Ronin but M. But stop, go love. We're, we're but yeah, stop, go moving love. on to we're going like, the S's. Yeah. I want to get something that's durable, that will f- be small. Mm-hmm. We have a whole range of problems we're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to figure it out still. Yeah. So we're trying all these different things. I'm all about that. If you're like, hey, I'm just figuring it out. I want to figure out what body works for me and, you know, rent things, try things. If you can afford to buy things, buy things. But, like, if it solves a problem, you might need to invest to solve certain problems. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, if you have bad audio situations, you might need to solve a problem, get a higher-end thing. Yeah. With a camera body, That's a good point. If, there's, if you're, like, the IS sucks on this. I can't deal with it. The autofocus, it just doesn't work for me in the way I shoot. I need a camera with better better autofocus or whatever. So I think it's like, does it make you money and does it solve a problem? Or maybe the first things. And of course, is my other thing breaking? You know, those are three really good ways to look and say, do I need to upgrade, change, switch? Um, if you're rich, by the way, you can switch anytime you want. Just is it fun? Mm-hmm. Yep. Do, I, do I love it? Yep. Like, I don't know that I would consider that a very business-like mm-hmm. approach, but it's very, uh, it's a part of life. You should enjoy what you're doing. So yeah. I don't have a problem with it, but I, I don't know that I would, if, if you're trying to make money, I don't know that that would be the way I would make the decision. Yeah. So you asked me to summarize it and I kind of just went off on a tangent a little bit. Yeah. But I guess to really summarize it, I think it's, yeah, does it, is buying new gear going to solve a problem? Um, do I have the money for it? Where, and kind of where is my market right now? Mm-hmm. How's my business even doing? Yep, yep, yep. If your business isn't doing well, by the way, it's not time to upgrade your camera because mm-hmm. that's not the problem. Yeah, yeah. And then also the ergonomics of it, right? How does it make you feel when you're actually shooting it as opposed to maybe other cameras in the yeah. market? How can I use it? Yep. You know, am I good with this camera or not good with this camera? Mm-hmm. Um, what I would like, hopefully we're able to do, by the way, is if you're watching this or listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, um, by the way, subscribe. We would love it. Um, if you're listening to this, hopefully we freed you up to just think independently. We've pulled you from the matrix and now you can be a free thinker Yeah, and you can just say like, do I need this or do I not need this? Yeah. And, and the other thing that I kind of wanted to mention too was like, what? We like to poo-poo probably certain conversations in the industry, but we really don't do it just to like poo-poo, you know, conversation in the industry. Yeah, we're not what, just trying to make fun of people. What, what, what I really want, and I think the reason why we started this, like we're not making money doing this. I, I want to see people um, 
be successful in their business. Mm-hmm. Like I really want to see people um, take to the next level and be able to like you and me are big on just like we want to provide people with jobs at our own business so they can provide for their family and also do something creative and fun on a team. Like those are the things that are important to us. So, you know, we, we don't just poo poo things. We really want people to be not only great creatives, but also smart business people. And that's tends to be the missing ingredient for creative people is how do you run a successful business? How do you make these kind of decisions? How are you making decisions that are not just emotional, but practical? Um, you know, because us creatives tend to be a little bit more emotional. Well, um, and, and like, I'm going to say, if you can never delay gratification, you're going to be a slave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, to the companies that sell you things, to yeah. your credit card company, to your own business even, because you're going to like take on weddings just to afford the decisions you made. Yep. I, I, I think... The decisions you make with your equipment should make you money and propel you forward. You shouldn't have to run a business to afford the things that you, the decisions that you made. Yeah, I think having that that gas syndrome that you you mentioned, or I guess it would just be gas. gas. It wouldn't yeah. be gas syndrome. If you have gas, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It just makes you miserable, right? Like you're not going to be happy by buying new gear. It's that classic, you know. Conversation: Buying things isn't going to make you happy. Kind of taking it. It's going to give you way more anxiety because what happens as soon as you buy that brand new camera, and then Sony comes out with a brand new one a month later, you're going to have the same exact problem. I saw a bunch of people. It's a problem that is never solved. No, Apple's figured it out, man. Yeah. All they got to do is release these cameras or these phones, and every couple years you're going to be like, like today I'm like this this phone is great. I love this phone, Mm -hmm. and then tomorrow I could be like. The new one comes out and suddenly it's bad. It's the same thing I said about the person who's like, oh, if Sony doesn't release this thing, I'm going to be switching to yeah. Panasonic. I'm like, so suddenly you had no problem with your camera. Mm-hmm. It works fine. Your clients love it. You've made thousands and thousands of dollars shooting with these cameras and no one has ever requested like, do you have anything a little more anamorphic in 6K though? <laughs> right? And suddenly, because this other thing exists, you're thinking about switching. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's emotional and silly and, and, and not good. Yeah. And like, if you're going like, ah, oh, man, I just, in my mind, when I think about my product, I'm just imagining these, these lens flares that are way more J.J. Abrams. And I, I just, this is what I see in my head. Yeah. This is what I want to make. I can sell this. And I'm like excited about making this product. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Panasonic released it. I can finally make this. Great. Go buy that camera. It's perfect yeah. for you. That's a good reason to buy it. And I would even say that the people that are that everyone is looking up to in the industry right now, you know, your your um, you know, Brothers Martins, you know, your your, your Wayne Reverie, loves, your, your stop <laughs> yeah. Uh, we they are making decisions that are business oriented. Yeah. So so they're trying to raise their price. So they're like, what can I do to raise my well, price? Well, and they're trying to get you to watch their YouTube videos where they review the things uh, and yeah. they're getting sponsored. Like there's Positive, no pro- yeah. there's no issue with that. No, I'm no, not no. criticizing it. Yeah. It's a great it's great. It's good for yeah. us. We all have to learn from it. Yeah. But like they they're operating differently than yeah. most of you but guys are. They make that initial decision based on, well, you know, what I'm doing is fine, but I'm not having 
I don't have gas. I am trying to raise my price point. Therefore, what do I have to do to raise my price point? Or I'm going to push myself creatively. Like for us with Stop, Go, Love, and this is like, again, I don't mind talking about our success. Like we have, I think, 14 camera bodies. Yeah, somewhere around. I I don't even know. it's closer to 12, yeah. I don't actually know how many camera bodies we have. We have Mm. a whole shelf of camera bodies. Yep. We have a whole shelf of lenses. We have seven gimbals. We have all this equipment because of our scale, because mm-hmm. of what we built. So when we talk about gear, we, it's like disposable to us. We're like, yeah, we're going to get this thing. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, who used to sell that? Well, I'll forget to sell it. It's just like it's what we're dealing with because we're dealing with like a whole different revenue um, structure than yeah. most companies. We're dealing with a team structure different. So like don't even listen to us when we talk about gear. <laughs> <laughs> like that should be the headline of uh, the YouTube channel. Actually, just, don't listen to us. Just <laughs> wedding pros, not don't relatable. Listen to us. The not relatable people. <laughs> but we're like we've thought about that a lot. It's like how can we be relatable when we're literally dealing with a totally different scale than most of our listeners? Mm-hmm. And it's like I think we know some stuff. Hopefully, this has been helpful. But like you got to be realistic when you're thinking about other people's gear. When you're looking at what other people are doing. When you're analyzing this. Um, and looking at camera bodies, realizing that these people's businesses may be nothing like yours. They might, and not to say they're better than you, they might be a lot richer than you. Mm-hmm. They might make a ton more money and literally are just like, can afford to buy gear, try it for one wedding, lose 50% of the, that they sunk into it and decide they don't like it and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Can you afford to do that? You need to make you need to think about that when you're making a decision because somebody like who's has a well-established business that take making a ton of money, maybe they have revenue streams from YouTube, maybe they're also having teaching and they're selling LUTs. That person is a business person and they're making business decisions and they can afford to lose money if they don't like it. Mm-hmm. They they don't need to think as deeply and hard about the camera bodies they use cuz they can just be like, "Meh." And so when you see them switching and doing all these things, um they're making decisions that are actually really well thought out mm-hmm. because they're going, eh, if I do really well on this camera, I can make some LUTs for it. I can sell these LUTs and then everybody will. And then if I switch, maybe I'll get an endorsement and like, again, more power to them. That is probably not you. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be like, here's my. It's this. not us. That's for sure. No, <laughs> no, when, no. But we are dealing with scale. So it's, yes. you're yes. probably not that, like us either. Yeah. It's like what we're dealing with is different too. And so here's what I would encourage. I think this works for everyone. Um, if you're going to switch camera bodies, in your best, to the best of your ability, try to find what you can work with for three years. I think that's a good rule. A good rule of thumb yeah, I think is that's fair. a three-year, a camera should last you three years. A camera body is a three-year thing. When we talk about lenses, we say a lens is at least five years. Mm-hmm. That's lenses, how we, re, lenses retain their value for a lot longer than yeah, a body does. Like just as a business person, because every three years you should be planning on buying new camera bodies for a lot of reasons. They're probably beat up. They're not even like they won't even function anymore after three years. And you might even need to plan on like the industry might have grown in certain ways. You do need to replace your camera bodies regularly. I still like filming on the uh, the VHS that my uh, my mm. dad had from yeah. when I, we were kids. I found the uh, I found uh, in a like a bag the other day a Canon uh, GH or no 
was uh, the, what was the Sony GH one? No, not an XL one. The uh, the one even oh, below XL one, man. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Was that XL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, Talk uh, about not relatable. Please. Yeah. I think they still make that camera somewhere. Um, well, skateboarders, right? Yeah, that skateboarders was, love it. Love um, that old '90s looking footage. Anyway, but like that, I would tell you is like try to find something that you can use for three years, because then you know it's gonna be. It's gonna make you money, it, you know, and, and and rent cameras too. Try to get familiar with how they feel. Um, find opportunities to test them when they aren't. Because what you're trying to figure out is like, do we want to marry this camera? <laughs> All right, you can date it for a little while. Do I want to marry this camera body? Um, not will clients like this camera over that camera. I don't know that that's a that's hard to determine. Yeah. You know, just because someone else is selling Panasonic doesn't mean you will, or it doesn't mean that it matters. You might sell just as many weddings and make people just as happy shooting on. You could probably, and I bet we could try this. I bet we could shoot a wedding on Panasonic, the next wedding on Canon, the next, we could probably shoot on a Nikon. And then people would be like, I love my wedding. Yeah. Great job shooting my wedding. Yep. They'd be happy. As long as they're all the same. Yeah. Even as long as they were all the same focal length, I would even say it'd be pretty close to a stop go love product. Even people don't really care that much. Yeah. That's my belief. You good cinematography is what they want to pay for. They don't want to pay for. They don't care about cameras. Yeah, they care about good shooters. Mm-hmm. And of you know, and lenses to me are even more important than cameras. So I think figure it out. Try to have it for three years, and then you're making a good business decision. And then you also are planning and. Stay for that next camera body. Mm-hmm. Make that part of your thing is like every year this thing is depreciating and I'm going to be saving. And at the end of three years, I'm going to sell it no matter what because that's when you're still going to get value for it and it's going to bring the cost of that next one down. And then every three years, you're like, you get a new cool camera body. That's my, that's my pro tip. That's what I would encourage you guys to do. Um, don't let um, other people pressure you into changing things when it's working. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good point to close on. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you can, of course, find us on YouTube. Um, click the bell. I, I mean, we, yeah, we need people to subscribe to that right now. Um, uh, you can find us on Facebook. We just started a Facebook group as well. Um, tell us, go on there and tell us why we're stupid and why we need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to stir up some controversy. Fight, 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 And fight. Uh, find us on Instagram. Is it just at wedding underscore pros? I don't know off the top of my head. We live in a modern age where you can say it's in the description below and then they can just click on the link. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, wedding pros. We just started the wedding pros Instagram too. So hop on there and give us a follow. And um, yeah, we really appreciate it. Engage. We want to hear from you guys. We want to see in the comments what you like, what you didn't like. And also, let's get a discussion going. Let's uh, change the world together. How about that? Change. We're changing the world through wedding cinematography, right? That's <laughs> what I think some people think. Yeah, <laughs> that's Silicon Valley. All right, guys. Thank you so much for checking it out. Uh, we hope you loved it and uh, learned something today. And also, have fun shooting weddings. Thank you.